Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Helping wild animals in distress is not always a good thing to do. So says Juanita Brown, a wildlife expert in her recent piece in the Irish Examiner. According to her, a wildlife rehabilitation is a job for experts and not for the average person who think they might be helping, but in fact may be doing more harm than good. Um, So... Therefore, we need a wildlife hospital, I gather. And um, I think we have Juanita on the phone. Hi, Deirdre. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Um, so tell me more about what's happening here. You're... Yeah, so it's just at this time of year, um, you know, rehabbers or, like, say, the likes of Birdwatch Ireland, different NGOs around the country get an awful lot of calls about uh, fledgling birds. So you find a baby bird in your back garden or in a park and you think it's been orphaned because, you know, it can't really fly and you want to help it. And that's that's the really important point to make. Like, people are so well-meaning and it's a lovely thing that they want to help wildlife. But... Uh, often it's the case that the animal isn't in trouble at all. So fledglings, for instance, have already left the nest and they haven't got all of their flight feathers yet on their wings and tail. Um, And they actually leave the nest, but they stay on the ground and exercise their flight muscles and the parents still come and feed them and look after them. So if you take it away, you know, it's very difficult to feed a baby bird. You don't know what to give it. You're actually just causing a problem there. If it's a nestling, if it doesn't have feathers, it can actually be popped back into the nest if you can see the nest or put up in an artificial nest in the same tree. But it's just important to kind of question whether we should intervene. Likewise with seal pups or deer uh, fawns or calves, they will be waiting for the mother to return. And sometimes, you know, us getting involved and thinking, oh, it's abandoned, it's on its own can actually just make the survival of, of the animal at risk. Yeah, so we're, at, we're just jumping to the conclusion that they need us, but in actual fact they don't. But how do we spot when a wild animal might need us? Okay, so definitely in, that, in those situations, if it's a baby bird in your garden, the best thing you can do is actually to take pets inside. And over the summer months, it's actually great if you can keep cats indoors as much as possible. In, in particular, cats do kill a lot of baby birds. Um, oh, who so are you telling? I have a cat. I won't, I won't start to tell you what she's brought into my house. Oh, really? Oh, God, <laughs> well, especially funny. at night time, if you can keep them indoors or if you can, you know, get them to wear a cat bell and a collar, that can help birds be aware that there's a cat in the garden uh, or brightly coloured collars as well do help. So it's things like that. It's actually to, to leave them where they are. Um, if they are out in the open, you can move them in under a bush or a hedgerow to make them a little bit less vis- visible and the parents will find them. And But I suppose you're looking for an injury. So if an animal is injured or on the side of the road and isn't acting normally or is limp and, you know, unresponsive, um, you know, then they might need help or if it's cold. Um, but if it's warm and alert, it's probably doing OK. Um, and you can always send, take a photograph or a video and send it to a license. You do need a license to rehabilitate any wild animals. Um, and there's people around the country, amazing people that, tend to do it from their back gardens or in their sheds that they run a rescue for hedgehogs, for instance. Um, and is that, amazing. should we be calling these people or will they be inundated now, if I say that? Oh, they're very good, actually. There's a website called irishwildlifematters.ie and it's run by Wildlife Rehabilitation Ireland who are trying to get funding for an, a national hospital. Like There's five uh, wildlife hospitals in the UK for, I think, since the 80s. So we are behind our all our Do we our not have any? 
Yeah, we're the only one that doesn't have a national wildlife hospital. Everyone else in Europe has a wildlife, a funded wildlife hospital. And I suppose, you know, while people give their time and it's uh, been voluntary up till now, it's not really sustainable. We're getting more and more. I think there was 3,000 animals rehabbed last year in an interim wildlife hospital that's been run in County Mead. Um, and there's a GoFundMe that they have a GoFundMe for they're trying to raise about ninety thousand to keep that going. But you know, a, a national hospital would take a lot more funding from the state. But on an animal welfare grounds and in a biodiversity crisis, there are really good arguments to having a wildlife hospital. Not least outreach and education and having vets trained to deal with wildlife because a lot of them wouldn't be familiar with how to deal with a badger or a pine marten just you know if they're used to dealing with dogs and cats it's a very different thing and um, so yeah the rehabilitation uh, group does huge amount of training and um, outreach to schools and and it's a it's a way of seeing that wildlife. That sounds like well. I mean, kids. You know, we're, we're all there's an, people are mad about animals now, particularly at the moment. And wildlife is the hottest topic imaginable. So, like, it just sounds like that makes an awful lot of sense. It's something that we need, and it'd be brilliant. An outreach program for kids would be hugely popular, wouldn't it? Absolutely, and I mean, the the goodwill is there, and the public do want to help. Like, that's the amazing thing. They'll drive across the country to bring a hedgehog to an expert who's you know used to maybe uh, hoglets or the baby hedgehogs to maybe rearing them and releasing them again. You know, people do want somewhere to go to actually be able to help this animal. Um, and it's it's a terrible pity that you're relying on volunteers all the time. Uh, I know, I know. We, lo- we rely on volunteers so much in this country. Um, can I, I just wanted to ask you how you got started. There was a story here about a trip to Australia I wanted to hear about. <laughs> No, so I studied zoology a long time ago, back in, uh, you know, 25 years ago, and went to Australia. No, I just mentioned that story because that was an example of where you think you're helping. I I was in Australia with um, other zoologists from the National Park Service, and we were surveying birds, and we were traveling around and staying in, you know, vacant uh, cattle stations, and it was very, you know, rough and ready accommodation. So the toilets were very much like galvanized cubicles and it would mean snakes and lizards and frogs would be able to enter the the premises. And so, you know, the first night we were there, I see this beautiful tree frog in the toilet bowl and I think, you know, I'll reach in and, and grab him and bring him Well, you're certainly not going to sit down and relax for yourself. No, you weren't, exactly. So I Read the paper, it. maybe. And I thought I was great. And I told one of the Australians, you know, I just released a tree frog. And they said, why why did you do that? Like, this is the only permanent water source for miles. We were in the middle of the Simpson Desert. And yeah, I felt like a fool. So, you know, that's just an example of where we think we're helping, like with taking in a bird. Now, there are cases, I suppose, where a, a bird strikes a window and it can be stunned for a while and really vulnerable to predators. So, it's a good idea maybe to put it into a box or even a a brown paper bag because you'll hear the, you know, as it starts to come come to again, it'll flap its wings and you'll hear it and you just release it then. Yeah, well, I'm glad you you brought that up because there's a text in here saying, why are all the young birds flying into my windows? They're hurting themselves and should I do something? So they don't actually see it. Like what you can do as a temporary measure is to get a bar of soap and put vertical lines on your window. They don't look too bad. It sounds a bit mad, but just vertical lines or with a glass pen, they won't fly. They don't mind flying through horizontal lines, but they don't like flying through narrow gaps of horizontal lines. 
uh, or a pattern. You could draw flowers or animals or anything you like, but that will stop that me was- if it's a window that is creating a lot of. Um, you know, the bird just can't see it really. Um, no, so but everybody t- else could see your window <laughs> if it's suddenly covered in soap. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it does stop that if you want to stop it happening. If you've one window in your house that's particularly uh, prone to getting bird strikes, and okay. they they do die. You know, there's. I think I, I read an article recently where in New York, I think ninety thousand birds a year die from hitting windows. So. It can be quite a big loss, actually. So. A, yeah, it's huge. I have another person here saying, I found a nest of abandoned little birds in my garage. Is the mother going to come back for them? Um, again, if there's access to the garage, it's just it's always better to actually watch and, and if you can, you know, to watch and wait and see does a bird come back. If the mother has been killed, that's, you know, and, and doesn't come back for a long time. Like birds usually do feed their, their chicks very, very regularly. Um it's things like, so yeah, in that case, you know, check out the website Irish Wildlife Matters and find your local rehabber because that's very, very specialised if they're just nestlings um, and they should be able to take them in or the hospital, the temporary hospital in Meads should be able to help. But often, you know, something does come back. Cats, again, if it's in a garage, if it's accessible at all, a cat can, can you know, get a bird flying in and out. Same with bats, like mm. they can fly an entrance to a roost and just pick them off one by one and it's it's not even for food it's, they tend to play with them as you oh, know Oh yeah they do play with them oh no I've seen it with my own eyes too regularly to mention um, Yeah Anyway um, thank you so much for talking to me Juanita before I let you go I have to tell you this little story when you mentioned the frog in the toilet bowl I was reminded yeah. that a friend of mine was having renovations done in her house and sat down to go to the toilet and there was a frog in the toilet bowl and her father <laughs> said to her now that's a real case of toad in the hole (laughs) so there you go we'll finish on that thanks so much for talking to us Juanita take care bye Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again weekdays at 2pm on News Talk